Hello friends and welcome back. Welcome back to the RPG Room. This is a podcast in which, as usual, we talk all things role-playing games. I am Paco Garcia, your host, and usually, usually, I am with very, very knowledgeable people. Um, but today it's just Jim. <laughs> Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. We, we are Vicky-less. Yeah, no Vicky today. It, it's good, though, because we're talking about something that she probably wouldn't have wanted to talk about. No, because she doesn't like to talk about bad or negative things. She, she likes to be yeah. positive and, and nice and, and lovely, and we are not. No, no. I don't know what she's doing hanging out with us. Uh, I think it's because she knows that we need her to, to know, you know to, to, to have something good in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a martyr. She's throwing herself on the... On the blade to uh, to make sure the podcast doesn't run and go aground. Well, I I, I think she's she's a rescuer. Um, whereas you and I go into the um, uh, victim and perpetrator roles and and, and swap from time to time. She's she's the rescuer in the triangle. Interesting. I don't think I thought of it that way before, but yeah, that's interesting. I'm interesting a, interpretation. I I'm a psychotherapist. I I always think in those terms. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what we are going to be talking about today, uh, my wonderful listeners, is games that we have played, that not games, but game sessions that we have played that did not go well at all. No, yeah, just horrible, horrible sessions. Yes. And I've got a litany <laughs> of bad sessions that I've played, especially at conventions that I've played where uh, I wanted to walk away. And I've walked away a couple of times, but not at all of them. Okay, um, but we, we are not just going to be, um, hey, look at that, what happened? Uh, we're also going to try to figure out what we could do to actually um, rescue them, if, if at all possible. So Yeah, um, yeah, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, so why don't you make a start? Because I, I bet you have a lot more than I do. Oh yeah, I think I think I should save my worst for the last last half of the of the podcast. So I think one of the worst I remember it was the first time I went to Origins ninety three. This is how long I've been gaming. I was at Origins ninety three. It was the last time it was on the West Coast, and I signed up for this eight hour game session. And I'd never played Werewolf before, so I didn't know anything about Werewolf. But I liked the idea of an eight hour game session. So I get there and. The, the game master, um, she was nice, but she didn't seem confident or strong. So it was quickly, uh, very quickly, players were kind of walking over her. She was doing this thing where we were going through our whole transformation. We were teenagers, and we were going to become werewolves in the session. And then we were going to fast forward 10 years, and we were going to do something important, I think was her plan. I left two hours into the game, so I don't know what was supposed to happen, but... The first three of us got our little vignettes, our little moments in the spotlight. And this player, I cannot remember his name or what his character was, he decided to just ruin the session by running away from the experiment and making the GM chase him and all this other stuff. And he dominated the screen for 40 minutes, arguing with her about rules and things that he could do. And the whole session just ran aground. And I don't think she was even aware of how bad things were going. I think she was just trying to be a, a good GM at a convention and and not combat every single thing this guy was coming up with. But he was very clearly, if you'd spent 
any time at all gaming, you knew that this guy was that troublemaker. And he was just out to ruin the session. And, yeah. I I remember I, I made an excuse and I left and I didn't come back. You know, the thing with um, gaming at conventions is that the risk of finding the asshole is so high. Yeah. Uh, because my, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my two two really, really bad sessions I've had have been at uh, conventions, which is why I don't bother uh, playing at conventions anymore unless I'm playing with uh, with some people I already know. Uh, but otherwise, it's very rare that I join a table of one-off adventures with completely unknown people because I, I just can't be bothered anymore. Right. Yeah, I had a similar experience this weekend um, at a game convention where people showed up tired and they weren't paying attention. And I just thought, we're playing a GMless game. We all have to be involved. You know this. I mean, these are people that are pretty big in the community around here. And they paid a lot of money to get into this show. And there they are showing up tired and falling asleep at the table. And it's not fair to everybody else when you're taking 20 minutes to do your turn Hmm. in a game where... We're all sharing the, the 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 table. We're all sharing the experience. And the spotlight. Um, yeah, and the spotlight. Yeah, and so I I often ask the question of because I've met lots and lots of great gamers at convention. I really have, and I've probably met more great gamers than I have bad gamers. But the bad games stand out. The bad GMs especially stand out. I don't know what it is about game mastering that draws people to the process if they're no good at it. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to start by um, confessing that one of the worst sessions I've, I've ever been at, uh, it was actually run by me, and, and I was the bad player. And I, I'm not going to say as an excuse that it was 20... How many? 22, nearly 23 years ago. Um, it, it was while I was in the army. Uh, and, and yes, I was in the army for nine months in the summer in, in Madrid with uniform and, and, and the whole shebang. And it was fantastic. I had a great, great time. Uh, is, is nine months typical, by the way? At, for... at the time it was, yeah. It was compulsory okay. military service. So I was basically taken off my home, uh, put in a train for free and taken to Madrid, uh, the capital of the city, which is nearly as far as I could get. Uh, by train without having to change trains Um, and my family was completely bereft at the notion of me spending any time in the capital city because they knew that I wouldn't go back uh, to to my hometown because I loved it Um, yeah anyway I because I was nepotized my cousin knew one of the captains of the place so I was nepotized to be in a really really cool place I was in the part of the um of the barracks that look after the entertainment for the soldiers. So I organized a, a gaming club there. We're talking 1993. Uh, 93 in Spain was the, the heyday of, of role-playing games. And um, we play. We were playing a game of Lord of the Rings, the old Iron, Interpr- Iron Crown Enterprises. Oh, right, using the, the, the MERP. Yes. Yeah. And what made that game so utterly horrific uh, were two things. It was the first time I was running that game. I've only played Merp 
uh, three times, maybe four times beforehand. And what made it so, so appallingly bad is that I was playing the most influential and railroading NPC ever that also happened to be the character that I was playing with my friends in my hometown. So I was playing that character so I could get some experience and level up. Um, and I was keeping every single bit of treasure. Oh, wow, that's... That's bad. That's Yeah, that is bad. That that's you weren't interested in anybody else's fun. You were just there to I don't to engineer a situation and that's well you know that you, you it sucked. I don't know how how long did it take you to figure out that it was bad? Um well people didn't come back, so I, we, <laughs> it didn't take me too long. Right. And actually there were a couple of people who were a lot more experienced than I was at playing role playing games and, and both of them said, Dude, um you you you, you can't do this. I mean it's very you're cheating <laughs> you know right. you are cheating so much and so badly this is not what a gm have to do right so so those 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 games were absolutely appalling so um people if, if you're if you're gming for the first time don't seriously don't don't run your npcs i uh, think you owe some people an apology i think that's what oh i don't even know where they are i don't care you don't care now. Eh, I learned my lesson. Yeah, they probably they can't speak time. English anyway, so they wouldn't know, so I'll screw them. Um, no, <sighs> I, I really have no idea where they are. We were talking 23 years ago, people that I shared just a few afternoons, so I can't remember their names or anything. Um, Speaking of Merp, and I don't know if the people that played in this campaign, I mean, are even in the industry anymore, or talk or listen to what I'm, I say, but there was this group I used to play with. They had been doing this Merp campaign for seven eight years and every once in a while they would invite new people over to try to join into the campaign and i sat over at the house for six hours and we did maybe i don't know 30 40 minutes of gaming and the rest of the time you would just listen to them tell old stories about the campaign oh. and i i only showed up the once i never came back but they didn't even let you make a character the first time you got there because they had such a high turnover rate that your first three sessions you had to play an npc and I don't think they ever calculated why they had a high turnover rate. Maybe they did know, but um, those were all friends of mine too, but I just could not game with them. I never went to the, any more events with them, tried gaming with them ever again. It was just awful. I, I think, just like me, they were just interested in their own fun. They, they probably weren't, they, they, they didn't want to run with the NPCs and they decided, well, let's, let's, let's have other people run with them and uh, they died or whatever. Yeah. I would hear horror stories, right? When we were outside the game, some of them would tell me horror stories about their game master, about what a, how finicky he was about every single little copper piece and how he would constantly try to stop them from doing anything. And they couldn't even buy their way out of situations, regardless of how much money they would throw at it, which just it doesn't make any sense, right, in a fantasy setting. Hmm. If you're talking to a peasant and you offer them 500 gold pieces they're going to take it for anything, right? They're going to do anything for that 500 gold pieces because that's something they won't even see in their lifetime. But he as a GM just wouldn't wouldn't budge on stuff and I would hear horror stories about it. Mm. I'm I'm glad I never went back. If, if you experience that situation today, what would you do differently though? What, do you think you'd react in a, in a slightly I don't, different way? I think I would probably be 
I'm a little more curmudgeonly than I used to be when I was a younger gamer, and I just I don't have patience for it. I just get up and leave. I don't. I wouldn't stick around for this six hours. Um, but I wouldn't have an argument at the table. One of the things that I never do is I never have an argument at the table about something. I um I'll, I do have to tell this story because right? there's some confusion as to what happened in this story, and so I I I have friends who have taken the other person's side and so on, and I want to. I'm just going to clear the air in a public forum about what happened. We were playing in a wicked age, and my buddy Link was running the game, and Jamie and Diana were there. We were all there, four of us. Link was an hour late to the game. Um, he had run the previous session, and the way in, in a wicked age is you play a different character in every session. Um, it's supposed to be sort of a Conan, uh, Conan-ish kind of fantasy world where only one character carries over from anthology to anthology in the story. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so Jamie got to play his character in the first and second session. So I had to make a new character, Diana had to make a new character, but we're still building the world, we're exploring the world. Link shows up an hour late to the game, and then he's not prepared, and he spends another hour building all these NPCs. And um, not to say anything bad about Link, because he's a really good player, but he's a ball hog, right? He's a ham, he's an over-actor, and so he's really involved and in, in, he's really invested in his NPCs. And so an hour later, we're ready to actually start playing. So you can imagine how kind of cranky any of us would have been waiting that long just to get started playing a game. And then we're only going to be playing this stuff one shot. And then the next time we get together, we're going to be doing all this all over again. So we, we were allowed one scene at the beginning just to kind of get our feet wet with our characters and we were playing these characters and sort of chewing the scenery, right? Because that's what ends up happening when characters first meet. Because you don't know where anything's going to go. You don't know what important bit is going to turn into plot. And so we're just talking and talking and talking. We're doing this thing. And I could see the Game Master kind of getting irked that he'd let this happen instead of creating a scene that just had immediate tension. So the next scene was him. And if you know, I, I need to explain something. In a Wicked Age has this system where the game master or the player says, I kill something or I break something or I, I do whatever. I do something big. And it's the other person's job to oppose it and say, no, you don't. And so that's where the conflict comes from and then you go to dice. It's a little, little heavy-handed. I really, lo really love the game, but I think that part of the game is a little heavy-handed. His decision was in the very first scene that he was involved with my character was okay ghostly hands come out of nowhere and they strangle you to death and i believe he actually used the word they kill you and i just sort of stopped and i said okay where are you going with this i didn't i didn't at first understand that i needed to oppose it because we really hadn't played enough of the game yet but i also was wondering what the hell are you doing we've just started and your first impulse is to kill my character and this is where the confusion over what happened still to this day is sort of residue between all four of us um, is that he goes and tries to explain everything he's doing blah 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 this that and the other thing no 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 you're supposed to oppose this thing whatever and I realized at that moment okay I'm supposed to oppose you when you're trying to do something but you're not trying to do something you're trying to get my character out of the game and therefore I can't play and there's a problem with that logic there's that disconnect that I'm the game master I'm supposed to challenge you, and that's true of any role-playing game, right? Mm. The Game Master can kidnap your character, he can beat up your character, he can put your character in jail, but there are certain things that he or she cannot or should not ever do to your character flat out without 
right, without the mechanics causing that thing to happen. And to make the to make the concerted effort or logical decision, the choice to say, I'm going to now kill your character, especially in the first act of the game, I just put up my hands and I said, okay, let me see where you're going with this. And I didn't resist, right? So therefore my character dies. That's just how In a Wicked Age works. That's how the system works. And so I just sat there for the next hour and a half and I watched the other two people role play with the game master. And I didn't get to do anything for the rest of the session. And I've since not played with this person. Um, and it, I think it, no attempt was made to have a conversation afterwards. And I think my, my pride probably got in the way of having a conversation. I probably could have one now, but I wasn't going to offer the conversation after mm. the game to describe why I was disappointed because, you know, three, four and a half hours of my time was wasted. And I got to sit there and watch everybody else role playing. And I just thought that was rude and disappointing. And so, future advice to people is is you know as a game master don't put somebody in a situation where they're not going to get to play you know that's why i don't like whole person spells and things like that taking people's actions and agency away from them sucks and the other thing at a player i mean you shouldn't just have to sit there and suck it you should probably at some point even if you you shouldn't do it in an angry way but you should be able to say something and say this isn't fun for me watching you guys play and I don't. I think it's a level of trust. You have to be able to feel comfortable talking mm. to the group and saying that. Or, that or, was a, or you know, to be honest, I, I think maybe you need to feel completely detached from the group to be able to say something like that. Because that's the sort of thing that I would. I, I would say that to my friends, but I trust my friends would never do something like that. Right. Uh, without right. an extremely good reason. But it, it's the kind of thing that in a um, in a one-off or in a completely new group, because I don't care what they think about me. Is is the sort of thing that I would say, dude? Well, why are you doing this? Exactly, what is the point? Because right now, you know, I've, I've spent the last half an hour uh, doing nothing. You, you've done nothing at all to include me back into the game. So if you don't want me here, what, why don't you just say and, and I will not waste my time? Because this is stupid. So I would probably yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, to this day, I I haven't gamed with him since he's disappeared from the group. Um, but I haven't gamed from him since. We haven't talked since. Um, and when I tried to bring it up in conversation, the, uh, actually very recently with the group, um, somebody at the table actually was taking his side in the situation because of the context from which, the lens through which they were seeing the situation, which is fine. My problem isn't that the rules are poorly written or the rules force that kind of thing. My problem is, is that the game master would even think for a second that that would be fun. Exactly. And I, I just think as a, as a rule, and this is a rule that applies to even games with no rules at all, you, you do not invalidate another player's character. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just yeah. don't. If they do anything that invalidates their own character, like, you know, going face to face against a high or epic level dragon with a pea shooter, well, that's fine. That's that's their decision. But you don't just tell them, "Oh, you're dead." Oh, great. Right. That's invalidating the, the the whole experience, and it doesn't make any sense to do something like that. that that's not the point of role playing games. Yeah, yeah, it's no, it's not. And there's a difference between challenging somebody, and it was just uncreative, right? And mm. you can chalk it up to he was tired and he wasn't thinking. You can chalk it up to whatever you want to. 
the fact that we've never had a conversation about it, we've never cleared the air on it, you know, it's just you wasted an evening of my time. And I could have done a bunch of other things on that evening. Um, I've always said no gaming is better than bad gaming. I would rather just be home writing than taking time away from that to go play a horrible role-playing session. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there are a few things worse than feeling you've wasted your time doing something that you know you should love. The worst is actually, I think, when you go to a convention and you've had a bad session because your window of fun at the convention is from open to close of that convention. You only have X number of hours of fun. If somebody wastes one of your normal game sessions with a bad session, that's one thing. But to have a bad session at a convention when you're only going to have maybe 10, 12 sessions combined at the convention, that's that's painful that's yeah. i think that's the worst definitely before we jump onto the convention ones though i i have two examples one that is very similar to yours um very similar we we had at one point um we didn't have enough players and we have a new player coming in so we were four of us but one was new and we had one people missing so we decided right why don't we wait until next week and this week we're going to play something different so why don't we just have a storytelling game so i'm going to just say one sentence and begin the game and then somebody else will continue the story it was just a storytelling exercise we went around and this new guy who's never done something like that and i don't know if this is typical or very heavy uh, video game mmorpg players but he was used to doing things alone that, right. that's, that's how he played and every single time that the story went for him it was a Cthulhu-esque uh, mythos kind of story uh, I left the story for example at a place where I, I my car uh, was broken down in the middle of a misty road in the night and I had no phone, nowhere to go and no real idea where I was he continued the story and saying a car approaches and as you approach you realize that the driver is Paco <laughs> and I was left there thinking wait a second no no stop that I mean, you, you, you can't do that because now you're forcing the next person playing this story to use me as part of the story right in a way that i may not want to why what was this all about so and anyway he he changed it and then he came back to the story and he did exactly the same for another player oh and now this thing comes in and smashes against your skull and you lie dead on the on the ground whoa whoa dude no what is it gonna do now so, um, again, I think the lesson is ne- never, ever influence the fate of other player characters, ever, uh, in, in such a direct and railroady manner. Yeah, I think uh, there's always a delicate touch that you want to use. One of the things that game masters need to learn is that once we were talking about this before we started recording, we are talking about the idea of games going gonzo. I think if a game goes in a gonzo direction, it, there's no coming back from it. Hmm. So you need a subtle growth to gonzo, 
and then once the gonzo happens, you can have the denouement afterwards. You cannot open with gonzo and then expect your game to ever get back on track because the only place to go after gonzo is more gonzo. Yeah. Um, and so everything everything's got to be delicate spoonfuls before before you get to the point that you're pouring in pitchers of nuts yes. into your into your story. Absolutely, and unless the game is going to be some sort of caricature of the situation, in which case, I mean, you agree that that's how it's going to be played, and and then yes, you start gonzo and just go go mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that there are absolutely games that open with ridiculousness. I think anything anime, right? If you're sitting down and you're playing an anime role-playing game, you're probably opening with zero zero grounding in reality. And so it's okay when things go crazy because that's just what anime is expected to do. Yeah. But if you're sitting down for Cthulhu and Cthulhu shows up in scene one, you've got nowhere to go in scene two. Exactly. Nowhere. Exactly. Um, your your story reminds me of this guy that used to game with us here at the, at the meetup. Um, I... I think about halfway through or maybe toward the end of the session, I realized this guy plays a lot of Japanese role-playing games. And it was he wasn't doing anything wrong per se, but a social environment where he needs to listen to what everybody else is doing and incorporate those things together, he wasn't getting that part of the equation in social games. And I asked him at the end of the session, I said, you play a lot of Japanese role-playing games, don't you? And he said, yeah. I said, yep, totally makes sense. Because he was so used to his decisions only affecting him, mm. and he can do whatever he wants, and the A doesn't have to lead to B because there's no logic in between an action and a reaction in a Japanese role-playing game. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen that. Um, have you had also the experience, and this is something that I I I was um, the victim of uh, a long time ago by my friend Pete. Uh, sorry, Pete, but it was a horrible game. Uh, he tried to run uh, a game of Firefly, but the old Firefly, the the, the first uh, the first game, um, not not the recent one, Margaret Margaret Weiss production ones, but the, the previous one. Okay. I can't. Was it called Firefly? Or was it called something else? Was I thought the first one was called Serenity. Serenity, yeah, because it was based on more on the movie than the series. Anyway, um, we we were trying to play that game. Uh, I bet you've had this situation. The GM did not know the rules and had to look at the book every five minutes to figure out how to do whatever it is we wanted to do, whether it was fly the airship or land on a planet or take off or fight or do any kind of negotiation or even bartering and buying things, he had to look into the book every single time. It was horrific. Wow. Wow. I, um, yeah, well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, so GMs, if you don't know the rules, please at least know how to bullshit your way around the game. Yes. If you don't know the rules, chances are no one else does, and just make it up. Some of the best sessions you can have out there is when a GM just does everything by the seat of their pants. Which is what I tend to and, do. Yeah, yeah. I um, I actually sat in in a session. It was supposed to be an all-day marathon thing, and I sat there and listened for half an hour while two guys argued about the movement rate of a hippogriff. What? 
Yeah, and I just thought to myself, there's a book right there. This argument could be over in a second. The book's right there. Shut up. Go look in the book. That's what I'm thinking to myself. But I'm the new guy there. I'd only played with a couple of those guys before, and, and there's eight other people at the table, and I didn't know any of them. So I just sat there very quietly. I didn't say anything. And the GM's not interceding. It's two of the players arguing over the the movement rate of Hippogriff. I, after a while, I just I got up, I packed my stuff, I said, hey guys, you know what, I'm really hungry, I'm going to go find a place to eat, I'll be back, my character's unconscious anyway. And I made the excuse, I left the table, I never went back, the next day I called the GM, left a message on his phone, he said, hey, if you want to talk about why I left, I'll be happy to talk with you, but, you know, I'm not mad at anybody in particular, but that was just a waste of my time. And I never heard back from him. No, they probably thought of jerk. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And I was, you know, I was... I do what I always do, which is I don't make a scene, I don't ruffle any feathers, I just leave the room, I walk away, or I save all my comments for the end of the session. Um, you know, we played in a Cthulhu game when I was in college, and two of the guys at the table, he and I were role-playing our way through the entire thing. We were having fun, we were playing our characters, we were taking our time trying to solve the mythos, because he wanted to turn it into a campaign. And there was one guy that just came in. He went, boom, 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 boom. Here's the problem. I solved it. Done. And he wasn't even there for the very first session. Um, and so we'd already had this sort of rhythm going with the campaign. And he just came in and solved the problem. And I just thought to myself, you know, we all knew what the problem was. We were taking our time enjoying the campaign. And this guy's now come in and disrupted the rhythm because he needed to make it about him. And I didn't say anything when it happened, and I talked to the game master afterwards, and he says, well, you should have said something. And I said, I'm not going to have that fight at the table and ruin everybody's fun. That's not my job. And I think different people have a different tact as to how, how they hold, handle those kind of problems. But, you know, as assholic as I am, as, as uh, mean as people think I am, that's one thing I don't do is waste people's time at the game table, and I don't disrupt the flow of the game with arguments yeah I, I, well, I'm not one for arguing at the table either um, yeah so no that definitely now let's let's jump on to um, the, the worst case scenarios that we've had at conventions because otherwise we're going to be talking here for the rest of the evening aren't we? <laughs> well I have to tell my absolute worst story um, but if you want to go next you should absolutely tell your story okay well I have two bad stories of things that happened to me at convention games one when I was playing another one when I was uh, running a game. Um, okay. The time when I was playing, I cannot even remember the game. It was so awful. And it was Dragon Meat and probably London, and maybe about seven or eight years ago. It must have been a very long time because I wasn't involved with the organizing of the panels yet, and I've been doing that for a bit. So it must have been a very long time. And the game, it was a fairly diceless game. And it was all based around the Arthurian uh, mythology. And everybody played, it was a political intrigue game, and everybody was playing a character that was linked with the other players in, a, in, in some way or another. And it, it, the whole thing was competitive because everybody was there to try and figure out how to discredit another player uh, or another player's character in order to have them killed so they could end up having the crown. We right. were 12 people around the table. Oh, man. And we had 
two hours to play the game. To make matters worse, there were three people who were taking it really, really seriously. And because of the, the competitive nature of I need to discredit somebody else, the whole thing was just a matter of talking over somebody else, interrupting somebody else, and a GM that felt and was completely unable to control the flow of any kind of potential conversation that was going on around the table. It was a nightmare. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was really, really bad. Um, and I, I, you know, one of the things I've always thought is you never, ever have more than five or six players around the table. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're LARPing, I think it's a little different. If you're LARPing, you yeah. need a lot of bodies. Yeah. But then you've got people climbing together in twos and threes. So they're off role-playing and they're not talking over anybody. No, exactly. I mean, they cl yeah. just cluster together and they're having their own little role-playing game until they intervene with somebody else and then they have another little role-playing game. But it's not the whole thing together. That, that was absolutely mental. Uh, the one with me running the game... Uh, I was actually beta testing a, an adventure for Pelgrim Press. And uh, what was the name of the adventure? It was a Jason Morningstar adventure, and it was something to do with flames. I can't remember the title. It was a Trail of Cthulhu adventure. But it was too long to be running just one session. Um, therefore, I decided to run it in two sessions. So um, one day, three hours, and another day, another three hours. So I, I put in the paper, uh, you know, this is one of two. I'm looking for six people. And please make sure that you have joined in for tomorrow as well. So this is the sheet for tomorrow. And this is two of two. Um, we sat down at the table. I explained again what the adventure was like. And I did tell people this is a beta testing. So I'm, I'm play testing this for, for the company. So. Um, I, I would appreciate if you could give me some feedback and the, the whole thing will finish tomorrow. Um, this guy became really disgruntled by the fact that it was a two-day session instead of just a one-day session. And he said, oh, you should have made it clearer in the sheet. And I said, well, it's actually there in, in very, very normal numbers. So maybe you should have read it before you actually uh, came along. So he decided to continue. He didn't participate at all in the adventure, except when he wanted to do something else, but he wouldn't help any other player or any other character. He, he didn't take any particular interest in uh, the investigation side of the whole thing. He wasn't interested in hearing the descriptions of the locales, and it was quite important to describe those things because part of the adventure takes place in Mexico. So right. um, for me, describing uh, the, the atmosphere of a place and the landscape, mountains, the food, the smells around it, uh, the, the, the clothes around it, it's, it's very important. This guy had absolutely nothing to do. He just was not interested at all. And after an hour and a half, he said, oh, you know what, I, I think I'm feeling sick, so I'm, I'm just going to go out and get some fresh air. I'll, I'll leave you guys to finish the game. 
and left. And, and, and left a character and a space behind that could have been filled by somebody who was actually interested in, in playing. Yes, playing that adventure. is the problem when somebody takes a spot from somebody else and they don't. I've had sessions where I've looked at the people who are signing up and I'll see their names and, I go, and I'll know before the game even starts, this person's going to be a problem. So I need to either address it before they get here or I, or I just need to roll with it. Um, I've had a guy. I've, I, there's a guy I know every single time I see his name on a sheet I said he's going to leave after an hour. Um, and sure enough, last time he played in something I made, he got up and left. And after he left, I turned to the other people that were still playing. I said, I'm sorry, guys. I knew that was going to happen before it even happened. He does it every time. Hmm. So what's your worst story? Absolute worst. Okay, I actually talked about this um, during AetherCon 3. I was, inter I was being interviewed, and somebody in the, on the sidebar actually asked this question, what's the worst session you've ever been in? And I couldn't think of it immediately because I, I, I really don't tend to hold on to them that long. Um, I have to try to recall them. Uh, but this one, and by the way, this was run by people who run a competing podcast. So I cannot say their name <laughs> because they actually are such douchebags that they will probably say something about us. So I'd rather not open that can of worms. I will just say that the GM, this guy is notoriously the worst GM at this convention. And I didn't know that before I signed up for the session. But, um, a friend of mine, uh, his name is Matt, and Matt Weidman knows this story. He was there. Matt and I sat down for a Savage Worlds game where we're trying to find Jack the Ripper. And in this alternate history, Jack is still killing after the fifth murder. Okay? So we've all been hired by this benefactor, and somebody's playing Sherlock Holmes. Somebody's playing – we didn't know it at the time, but somebody was playing Dr. Jack and Mr. Hyde. Somebody was playing the Wolfman. Uh, somebody was playing a mad scientist. Matt was playing, I think he was supposed to be playing Faden, uh, but he was some sort of criminal mastermind. And I was just a priest. So everybody's playing these awesome, amazing characters, and I'm just a priest, okay? Um, and I just took whatever character. I didn't know Savage Worlds at all, and I'd never played it before. So I just sort of went with what everybody was doing. And it was mostly role-playing anyway. But the f I read my character sheet, and on the character sheet it says... You do bad things to children. Ooh. Now, this is at a game convention. It doesn't spell out exactly what I do, right? So this is his way of kind of dancing around the rules, of the evil rules. Because the convention had rules. You couldn't make these kind of characters for conventions, for this convention. And this is his way of getting around it. And so I look, read the sheet, and I'm kind of confused for a second. I look up at him, is, is this what I think it is? And he says, it, it's what you think it is. And I said, okay, well, one, I'm not going to role-play that with a bunch of strangers. Two, I'm not going to role-play that. That's what's going on in my head. So the first hour of the game is all the other players asking the benefactor a bunch of questions. And it's my least favorite part of any game. The investigation should be out and about. We should be exploring and finding stuff out. We should be investigating the world, not getting an info dump from the NPC. So I didn't really engage that much, and I didn't do anything. So the first hour of the game, there was nothing to do. And the GM never really gave me much to do. We get to the first um, location to investigate the sixth murder, because this woman's been murdered. And everybody's running around doing stuff, and he's got all the other players involved. And I'm just standing there with nothing to do. He's not involving me with the game at all. Nothing. And I just look at him, and I say, are there any kids around? 
Is there anybody that looks like a troublemaker? And he says, yeah, there's a girl. There, she looks like she's a streetwalker. I said, okay, I do this stupid thing that's on my character sheet. And then that's it. That was it. That's all I did. And he says, okay. And I said, I'm not going to talk about it with the people at the table. I don't want to get involved. Sure enough, there's a chase into the sewers for the, after the bad guy. We get down there. Come to find out one of the characters is Dr. Mr. Hart. He transforms into a giant monster. Come to find out one of the other characters is a wolf man. She transforms into a giant monster. And then the mad scientist turns out to be um, Jack the Ripper. So one of the characters at the table is Jack the Ripper. So two of the characters, myself and somebody else, we just run. We just get the hell out of there because we know we're going to die. And there's just an hour of die rolling as the two big monsters are fighting each other. And then we get killed in the darkness by Jack the River and the game ends. That was it. That was our four-hour slot. And it was so bad from beginning to end. And I remember I remember all the details so well because of how little fun I was having. And there was nothing for me to do but just stare at the table. Because um, I don't bring a cell phone or anything to the game table when I play. So, wow. Wow, was it bad. Just absolutely abysmal. And I went and I told somebody to stop letting this guy run games there. And they said, yeah, we can't. He's part of an important podcast. Wow. I said, okay. Well, well at least I know. I, I don't understand. What's that to do with not allowing him to run games for being part of a podcast? We, we shouldn't have any kind of extra, <laughs> you know, privileges or anything just because we're the media. That's, that's yeah, dreadful. I don't. Yeah, I think that there was the fear, I, the same fear that I have, right, of mentioning their name. There's the fear that um, they there will be reprisal. Holy shit. Yeah. Sorry for the sweaty listeners, but I just think that is absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling to, to use. I, I, you know, I don't know. I really have no idea who those people are. And I will ask you when we are not recording. But, you know, whoever you are, if you have a podcast out there and you're going to use the fact that people listen to you and trust you to belittle, to bad mouth and to give bad advertising or bad publicity to anyone or anything just because they've done something that you dislike. Fuck off. Yeah. 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 It, it was it was absolutely, absolutely hands down. I don't even think there's a close second. Just the most unfun I've ever had at a table. I can imagine sitting there and ha not having anything to do and feeling like you've been left out. I get that. That happens a lot in games. But to be left out and your character is a child molester, just, I mean, who the, Jesus. Who, I mean, that, that's, that's who the hell came up with that and said, this is going to be fun to role play? Oh, look how edgy and dark I am. I made somebody play a child molester. Oh. You know, I, w I was having this conversation with my friends I, I run the um, my, my Spanish podcast with uh, a couple of days ago. We were playing, we were talking about erotica in comic books. And um, somebody uh, complained that a comic book that featured the four pages of some uh, pedophilia uh, has been censored and those four page have, pages have been removed from the comic book to do the second edition of the comic book. And uh, um, I basically said, I, I understand that. And um, the, the artist that we had as a guest in the podcast said, well, no, because that is not pedophilia. It's only the representation of pedophilia. And it was an extremely, as you can imagine, with a graphic novel, it was an extremely graphic 
uh, and, and very blatantly visual uh, yeah. thing that was that was going on there. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into the details. Um, Thank you. And um, they basically wouldn't understand how when I was I was very very vehemently saying how trite how cheap how horrifically overused uh, explicit simple pedophilia is already within any kind of novels comic books role-playing games or anything is so cheap it's so easy that the only thing that using that kind of resources do is to show what a lack of imagination and what a bloody lazy author you are. Because unless there is a very, very, very specific reason to use that in a very, very, very careful way, you just showing you can't be bothered to find out something else that would make your work more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I've I won't say that I've deliberately put it into role-playing stories because I don't think I've ever put it into a role-playing story ever. I've had children kidnapped. And I think that's a different story. But I've had it in in a GMless game where you're meeting with people and you're all adding to the story. I've had it come up in stories before. And if you're not with people that you trust or know and that comes up as a story, I that's disturbing yeah. that's that's inappropriate in every way it's not even appropriate to do with people that you know i don't think that it's entertainment and i don't think it belongs in a story Absolutely. but i think that there's sometimes when you want to tell a certain kind of story and i'm not going to judge that what i'm going to say is is that you're right it's uncreative there probably are better avenues that you can be exploring with your creativity than going to probably the biggest stigma on the planet Absolutely. And to be honest, to use it at a convention with people you don't know, you don't know if you have a victim of child abuse. Oh, yeah, at the table. You don't know if you're going to make that person relieve whatever it is you think is very dark and edgy just because you want to be in dark and edgy when you're not being that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm very vehement about this because it's, it's a very... Yeah. Uh, no, 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 it bothers me to too. Me. I, and like I said, it the the worst part of sitting there and doing nothing was sitting there doing nothing while I have to realize that my character is this this monster and to make it a priest that does it how fucking uncreative is that yeah it's that's, that's so trite and contrived I'm sorry but no <laughs> big yeah big massive no so yeah, yeah. I, that, that... so everybody that waited till the end to find out what the worst story was I'm sorry that it's actually this bleak. Hmm. Yeah, sh shame on whoever came up with the adventure. And that, yeah, yeah that, uh, that trumps pretty much every bad experience I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah, and I told this story, right? I'm, I'm being interviewed at Aethercon, and, and uh, it's, it's this virtual convention. I'm being interviewed, and uh, it's a uh, it's webcast and everything, and I could just see the, the, the lines and the sidebar that people were live posting. Just, oh my God, I can't believe. I was just curious what the worst one was. I would have never guessed that was your worst game experience. No, no, that really trumps anything I could have thought of, to be honest. I, I will add that this happened in the last three years. Wow, even worse. So this isn't even... Old This news. isn't even ancient news wow. of some grognard, you know, leftover. This guy is relatively young. Wow. Oh, well, one to avoid in the future. Right, wow. I, I think we've said enough. 
I I don't I don't know what else where else to go. Well, um, remember my Gonzo comment before? There's no there's no act two to this <laughs> podcast. No, we've gone as low as we could possibly go with this one. So uh, we'll just say, in that case, listeners, thank you as always very, very much indeed for being with us today. And your comments will always and forever be very welcome indeed. And I'm going to give a shout out to listeners today, Carl Pinder, because I know that he's made of awesome, and Mo Tuxan, because he's an absolutely adorable guy who I like very, very much indeed. And uh, the rest of you, yes, I love you too, but you have to make yourself known to me so I can say how much I love you and I'll tell you by name. So you can do that by getting hold of me on Twitter at GMS Magazine I am. You can also email me podcast at gmsmagazine.com. Go to the website and on the right there's a little tab and you can leave us a voice message. Uh, obviously the website is gmsmagazine.com and you can find us in Google Plus and in Facebook. I am Paco Jaen, J-A-E-N. And I'm Jim Pinto, Post World Games. You can find me on Twitter and on the web. And if you think you can po- top that story, honestly, yes, uh, keep it to yourself. I, t- no, actually, I don't think we want to hear about anything worse than that, do no, we? Actually, yes, I do want to hear. And I'll tell you something. I'm going to I'm going to just now invent a competition and I am going to give away a role playing game. I don't know which one, but it's going to be a really cool role playing game. Uh, fairly recent and very cool one. I promise you that it will be great to the person who sends us the worst, worst story. The worst story will be decided between uh, Jim, Vicky, and myself, and um, the decision will be that's it, and you cannot argue with it, and that's the end of it. And the the yeah, until the end of August, you reckon is that enough? Yeah, end of August is good. That way, people have a chance to go to Gen Con and have a horrible game session. Exactly. And, uh, come back and tell us. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, that's that's the impromptu uh, competition that you can enter now, listeners. Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw a PDF onto the pile. I don't know what PDF it'll be, but whatever, Paco, I will match Paco's value with a PDF. Perfect. There you go. Now competitions don't come any better than this. And but until next time, listeners, thank you very much once again, and I keep rolling those dice. Thank you for listening. Production for this podcast have been by Paco Garcia, and the music's been composed by Kev Atzet. We would love to hear from you. Feedback and your questions are always welcome, and you can email us at podcast.gmsmagazine.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at GMS Magazine. And we are also on Facebook and Google+. I'm very, very happy to talk to you. Remember to subscribe to the GMS Magazine podcast channels in iTunes and give us a review or two and a rating, please. And it's truly appreciated if you do. For more quality shows, remember to listen to other rooms like the RPG Room, the Interview Room and the Board Game Room and more rooms that might be coming very soon indeed. But, friends, until the next time, the game's